Awards. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. Guys, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, in my freshly pressed tuxedo that I still fit into from our very first Funny Book Awards. Is it a tuxedo shirt? So not wearing. Yeah, well, not wearing pants, but I mean, yeah, uh, that's that's part of the look. That's right. Part of the tradition. The funny books are now 14, so there's some hair down there. His voice is cracking. <laughs> it has awkward feelings about other award shows. It's got serious <laughs> acne right. issues. Uh, correct. All of the above. All of mm-hmm. the above. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very exciting. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'll you know, I, um, I'm happy to... I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Because as I was looking... Through this year in comics, this year in in comic media, it's uh, it was there were some really high highs and some pretty low lows. <laughs> See, I'm well, looking forward it, to hearing it, the really high highs because, like I was saying before we had uh, when we were talking about the funnies initially, there's a lot of lows for this year for me, and my, the funnies are a good chance for me to remember that things weren't as bad as I remember them. Because I remember them being pretty bad over the year. Well, and I can tell you that I think there are some really distinct lines in the sand uh, in terms of of uh, books this year. And, and, you know, in performing this sort of you know review activity at the annual level, I've, I've come come back with some observations that uh, that have, have really been a distinctive change. So I'm eager to talk about those things. Well, should we roll right into it then? I mean, just just start with these lesser categories. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All um, right. So first up, Paul. Is favorite supporting character. Now, let me clarify before we get into it. Before we get into it, I already ruined the first category. But um, <laughs> we're going to talk about comic books and funny books this week. We did do a year in review for all geek media a few weeks ago on this podcast. Check that out. Because, you know, that's where we talk about things like Star Wars and stuff like that that we wouldn't talk about in this show. Um, okay. Just putting that plug out there. <laughs> so our first category yeah, is. So, so, okay. So the the, the, the the connective tissue to the Funny Book Awards is that it has to somehow be related to comic books. Exactly. Right? So uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about, for instance, Ahsoka unless we were talking about an Ahsoka comic book uh, or an Ahsoka show that's influenced by a comic book. So anyway, so that, that that's kind of the connective tissue. That's why it's the Funny Books Awards. So, uh, you know, very exciting, very exciting. So, Paul, first up, favorite supporting character. Yes, sir. Do you want to kick us off, Aaron? Why? Since you're since you're already unmuted. I. I can. I I can absolutely do that. I, you know, uh, the, the the supporting character that I am choosing is a longtime Marvel superhero. Uh, he derives in this instance from a comic that Andrew turned me on to, which is She-Hulk. And that's favorite supporting character is Jack of Hearts. And what I really enjoyed about him is, you know, Jack of Hearts is a tremendously powerful character and his appearance in the book 
really dives deep into his character and his fondness for She-Hulk. And he just kind of really becomes a, a, a terrific part of the story. Uh, he drives some story and he supports She-Hulk. Uh, I just really enjoyed the character. And I think it's the first time since maybe the eighties that I have enjoyed Jack of hearts. So, uh, I thought, I thought it was a really nice sort of, uh, uh, growth for that character. That- that is a Paul. strong start. Okay, so so Aaron, you turned it back over to me. Hmm. I did. I'm sorry. I didn't know if there was going to be additional conversation. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Okay, so my favorite supporting character was Lois Lane. Um, in for 2023, uh, you know, I think Lois Lane being promoted to editor in chief of the Daily Planet was just a really great evolution of that character and i you know i there have been some some great stories in that superman book and i think there was a superman annual that had short stories and things like that um focusing on on lois lane and of course there was also the dan jurgens um you know backup feature in action comics that kind of continued down that path of you know the superman and son stuff that featured Lois Lane. So for, for me, it was Lois Lane. I mean, I've always enjoyed Lois Lane, obviously, but I, I like what they've done with her character, especially in this new volume of Superman. So how about you, Wayne? So mine also comes from Superman, but it is not Lois. It's Lex Luthor. Oh. I loved Lex in Superman's ear, Lex giving him the company and just being so sure of himself giving Superman advice. And also we had that whole, uh, the last days of Lex Luthor first issue that was also really good. But this idea of Lex, not as a hero, not as a villain, but just there in Superman's ear, annoying him really, it really uh, hit for me. Well, uh, you know, for me, uh, I, I have to kind of uh, say that Aaron stole my, my thunder a little bit. I was also going to go <laughs> with Jack of Hearts or She-Hulk, as it is uh, a series I've continued to read through uh, uh, Marvel Unlimited, uh, just behind behind the times a little bit. But, yeah, no, I really enjoy Jack of Hearts. I have a lot of nostalgia from him uh, from, from the 80s, and it's good to see a functional, uh, interesting um, uh, version of him back in, in the modern day. So and we I just actually a, have a winner here. We do. And they really get a kick out of Jack of hearts wearing she Hulk's clothes. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, him walking around in her sweater. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I find that hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, not being ironic about it. He's just happy to wear her sweater. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, how many times have we seen the opposite of that? But he, you know, she's got the much bigger, baggier clothes. So he's like, mm, just snuggle right into this. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Jack of Hearts, first winner. Woo! Who saw that coming? Jack of Hearts of all characters won an award I, at the Funny Book Awards. That's right. It's crazy. I mean, that's anything crazy. can happen. Anything can happen. Everything's possible. So, Andrew, you want to talk to us about your favorite villain? Uh, yeah, uh, for me, uh, spent a little bit of time thinking about this. Uh, are you guys familiar with with a comic book called uh, A Vicious Circle from Boom? I am not. OK, so uh, 
I think that that my favorite villain would be the the time traveling assassin uh, from this book. Now, unfortunately, um, his name's Ferris. This will not mean much to you, but uh, he, he is somewhat an unrepentant uh, uh, villain um, who just really wants to see the world burn. And it's been a while since I've enjoyed a interesting, somewhat psychotic uh, villain rampaging across uh, history. And in this book, you know, it goes from the far future, cyberpunk future, you know, back to, to ancient times. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really about, you know, Ferris and, and the assassin that's chasing him, uh, Thacker. And he's fantastic. Uh, he's not what I would call, at least so far, he's not what I would call complex, but he's a lot of fun to watch. Okay. I'm not I'm not familiar with that book. I'll have to check it out. It's uh, the author is Matson Tomlin and the artist is Lee uh, Bermejo. Uh, oh, I like, I like Lee, Lee Bermejo. Bermejo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be mentioning his name again later. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, Actually, I don't know that spoilers are foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. Uh, but it's it's a fantastic book. It is a uh, it's not a regular monthly book. Uh, it's a three issue series uh, that comes out uh, periodically. Uh, but it's it's great. Huh. I will have Paul, to check I, it out. That sounds right I, up my alley. Paul, I think you just identified a best practice. You know, when someone accuses you of spoiling something, you're like, no, no, I was foreshadowing. I was nice. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a get out of jail free card. <laughs> All right, so who did you tag in next, Andrew? Uh, yeah, so how about you, Wayne? Who was your favorite villain of 2023? So I didn't have much along this lines because no, no one really stood out as like a year-long villain for me. Uh, so I am going with, because I'm really enjoying the the X-Men books right now, mm-hmm. uh, the Nimrod Sentinel. Ugh. I have I, sell I have me a, on that Wayne because I hate response. Nimrod. I hate <laughs> Nimrod. I, I I I was reading uh Power of X number one this week from Kieran Gillen, you know, part of the the end of the Krakoan age, and I just freaking hate Nimrod. <laughs> so so I, and and not in a good way. Not in a I love to hate that guy. No, I just hate yeah. to hate that guy. So <laughs> tell me Wayne why Nimrod. So, again, it was a year of I didn't really have much to go with to compare him to. But through some of the fall of X, just seeing him brutalize the X-Men he fought, he even dented uh, Juggernaut's helmet while fighting him. And it's strictly that it's not a great personality because there's not much personality there. He just this year was badass in the fights. Hmm. Aaron I, seems I, unconvinced. I am unconvinced. I am That's unconvinced. okay. I am too. So, Paul. So, it's funny because I understand why, Wayne, you chose Lex Luthor for your prior category of supporting character. But I chose Lex Luthor as my favorite villain. Even though in the capacity of the Superman <laughs> book, he was more supporting character than villain. He's still a villain at heart. Um, and a lot of what Superman is dealing with is still from Lex Luthor's villainous days. Um, but, you know, for all the reasons you said, uh, you know, and, and he, foreshadowing, um, I'm going to be talking about the Superman book quite a bit. Um, 
today. I've really liked what they've done with that character. I like, you know, that he's turned over LexCore to Superman. Um, I like that he's, you know, kind of this Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter type character who's, who's, you know, giving advice to Superman to take down other criminals. I really like that about it. Um, and yeah, that Last Days of Lex Luthor book that I guess only it's supposed to be more than one issue, but only one issue released this year was fantastic. And so yeah, Lex Luthor was, you know, he he was in he pops up in the uh, Justice League versus Kong versus Godzilla book, and I enjoyed his uh his interaction in there too. So Lex Luthor, favorite villain for me. How hmm. about you, Aaron? Well, I had three that I was uh, wrangling with. Uh, first off, the first villain that came to mind uh, was Jeff Bezos for what uh, Amazon oh, has done yeah. to my uh, glorious <laughs> and wonderful Comixology app. Can but, I change uh, my vote? But <laughs> yeah. he's not my favorite villain. Oh, that's a you good know? point. Again, he just hates kind of to like, hate him. Yeah, he's, he's just villain? like Nimrod. I hate to hate that guy. Yeah, all right, okay. So I, I had to, I had to, I had to toss off uh, Jeff Bezos, and then I was considering. Uh, the Injustice Superman, you know, from the John Kent books. Mm-hmm. Um, I one. really, I really did enjoy that character because, you know, we got to see how warmly he responded to the possibility of his son with Lois Lane, right? The son he didn't get to have, the son that the Joker murdered. And I loved that softness around the edges, but he's still horrible and terrible, right? Um, you know, he, he's he's still, you know, fascist Superman. But I got to tell you, the villain that uh, is my just standout character, uh, you know, standout villain character from 2023 uh, is really in the first part of the year. Um, but, you know, really casts a large shadow. And that is. Frank Castle, the Punisher, from the Ooh. Jason Aaron 12-issue run uh, that was just so fantastic. And, you know, he is certainly the protagonist of that book, but he is very much a bad guy. And I really yeah. enjoyed how deep we get into the character and how everything makes sense and how he is linked to these dark forces. I just thought it was a really nice exploration and ultimately resolution of that character. So uh, Frank Castle, the Punisher, is uh, my vote for favorite villain. That is a very good choice. But we have a four way tie. We don't have a winner. For uh, or maybe they're just all winners. Well, I, I'd like to point out Wayne said that he could be swayed, Ooh, <laughs> but did. Wayne didn't read the Punisher. Yeah. Wayne yeah, changes no, to Lex Luthor. I say, <laughs> if, I, if I'm swayed, it would be Lex Luthor, who who is my favorite supporting character. Well, are you swayed? Hey, are you swayed? I am definitely swayed because I wasn't won over on my own choice. So. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Lex Luthor it is. I only didn't put him down because I had him as a favorite supporting character, but he didn't win that category. So, yeah. so, so just like Lex Luthor, he found a way around it. There you go. <laughs> Lex Luthor is our winner for favorite villain. Yes. So I'm, I'm one for one for two. <laughs> I have to say that uh, favorite comic book inspired TV show was a hard category this year um, for me. I just didn't feel like there was a real wealth of choices in, in terms of quality. Um, 
even though my nomination I feel like is very high quality, but it just it seems like in previous years we've had this you know giant field of just really good shows. Um, I, for me, it really comes down to two, and I feel certain that that Wayne's going to nominate one one of of mine. So I'm going to go with. Uh, Loki season two. I thought it was a really strong uh, successor to Loki season one. Um, I I very much enjoyed all the performances. I thought the writing was lean. I thought every episode mattered. Um, I, I really enjoyed it a great deal. So Loki season two is my choice for TV show. And Wayne. So I struggled a bit with this one. Normally, it would just easily be Superman and Lois for me, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch most of Superman and Lois this season, so I have a hard time nominating it, and right. it wasn't because it was good. It was incredible, but it was too real. Right. They, they have that very strong breast cancer storyline going, and Lois as a mother having breast cancer, while my wife's mother is going through that process right now. Right. So. Because I couldn't watch all of it, I couldn't really nominate that one. Otherwise, I would have. So then it really boiled down to two shows for me. Uh, Loki and What If. I loved Loki. But I think I loved What If a little bit more. I liked the season of What If more than I liked the first season. The stories were... I enjoyed the stories a lot more, except for the finale. I thought the finale of the first season was better. Mm-hmm. So very surprisingly, I'm going with What If over Loki. All right. Shocker, that, shocker that choice. Is, that is surprising. Well, Andrew, you want to be a, a tiebreaker here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a somewhat limited uh, uh, you know, number of shows I watched based off of superheroes this year. So uh, for me, it, much like others here it came down to kind of because i never saw secret invasion i I hear i didn't miss anything but (laughs) (laughs) so you know what if loki season two i i didn't watch uh uh, superman so uh, for me i really enjoyed season one of loki you know it's a little thick it's a little cerebral it's not all about action all the time which i appreciate uh it the relationship between uh loki and uh uh Oh shoot, not not Aurorbus, uh, although I do love him as well. Um Morbius. Uh, Morbius, thank you. Uh I, I love their their kind of odd buddy cop uh yeah, team up uh, energy and vibe. I love, you know, them going back and seeing uh where they were in, in real life, you know, the realities they were plucked out of, uh and seeing why Morbius loved uh, jet skis so much. Uh, I had such an affinity for them. So so for me, it, it and also Loki season two was the one my wife was most in. She was that also resonated most with her. So I'm gonna go with Loki season two. All right. All right. And, and right, the introduction of the introduction of Aurorbus to that series, fantastic. But go ahead. Bob. I am. Um, I actually have to abstain from this category. Oh. Uh, I, I I did not watch any comic book TV shows. The most, co- the only comic book TV show I watched in 2023 was like the first two episodes of uh, My Adventures with Superman. <laughs> that was it. I didn't watch Loki. I didn't watch Secret Invasion. I didn't watch What If. I didn't watch Superman and Lois. Um, just because there's just like too much shows. There's too much, too much on TV. Um, that leads me to a follow up question, Paul. Did, did you not watch them because you were watching other television shows or did you watch them because you don't have as so much time to watch television these days? 
little bit of both. Um, but I mean, I, I did get plenty of television show watching in. I mean, between start, we had great Star Trek this year, great Star Wars shows. So I watched plenty of genre entertainment. It was just that some of these didn't draw me in. And, you know, it's funny before the podcast today, actually, I was talking with a friend and, um, you know, we were talking about Marvel TV shows and obviously, you know, kind of talking about Daredevil and some of the news coming out about the new Daredevil TV show. And, it, you know, those Netflix shows, now that they're kind of considered back in canon, you know, we we rode those uh, that that Iron Fist show pretty hard and and some of those later seasons <laughs> of Luke Cage and <laughs> and things like that. They were like, oh, God, they're so bad. They're so bad. But I feel like by comparison. I would watch any of those again before I watch some of the recent shows that have been coming out. Um, well, and let, since we're since we're talking about uh, Marvel shows uh, at the moment, uh, Echo dropped this week. The, in, yeah. the entire uh, season dropped uh, earlier. Um, I watched the first two episodes this morning, and I was a little, you know, uh, wary going into it because the you know early reviews were really bad. And I, I got to say, I feel like this is another one of those things where, you know, haters are out there just trashing a show that they haven't even watched because I watched the first two episodes and loved them. Uh, I thought they were really strong. You know, this is a, a character who has, uh, you know, has both a, a missing limb. So wears a prosthetic and is uh, hearing impaired. So she communicates via sign language. She is American Indian. So one thirteenth of Andrew is ecstatic. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really enjoyed this show. And I think that it is, you know, I think there's a lot of haters out there to to hate this show uh, for no good reason. I I, I thought it was great. I enjoyed seeing Vincent D'Onofrio again as Kingpin. There's Mm -hmm. a there. You know, we we do get to see a little bit of Daredevil in this. Um, I loved everything top to bottom in in the show in in these first two episodes. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Well, hey, given uh, given the writers and actor strikes, I don't know how many TV shows, uh, new new Marvel TV shows or comic book TV shows we'll have this year to talk about. So we may be talking about Echo this time again <laughs> yeah. next year. So, Aaron, I have one question. You said Daredevil shows up. What suit is he in? It's a it's a flashback show up. You know, so it, they spend most of the first episode reminding you of what we've seen before of Echo and then throwing in some fresh stuff as well. Uh, so you get to see her first encounter with Daredevil and he's wearing the red. OK, nice. good, because nice. I was while it was kind of cool to see it, I'm not really a fan of the yellow suit. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. show up as well. It's it, it just seems kind of ugly on the screen with the kind of natural colors around it. But but was it that kind of dark red that we saw from the original yeah. Netflix? Dare? OK, good, yeah. Good. Yeah, it looked it looked like it was right out of Netflix. I mean, awesome. it, the they did a nice job. I don't know how much of that they shot fresh versus because it's been a while since I've, I've watched uh, any of that. But um, they, they it was it was nicely done because we've only seen Echo and Hawkeye, right? Correct. Yes. Okay, so all of that was shot fresh and it looked straight out of Netflix. So nice. it was good stuff. Very good. It was good stuff. Sweet. I guess yeah. like, I, like the, my only complaint is that Echo is very somber, dark, gritty character, you know? And so she, we don't get to see a lot of emotional range from the actor, yeah. uh, but she, you know, I mean, she's playing it well and I, her supporting cast is fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Well, and her cousin biscuits. It. I'm sorry. What was that? 
I was saying I look forward to watching it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, having Kingpin back is just delicious. I mean, I know we got him in the Hawkeye holiday special, but he was uh, he, he did not seem his usual. I don't know why, but but it, you know him in that Hawkeye series, it did not seem his usual impressive range that we got out of the original Daredevil. Right. Uh, so I'm excited to see him in, in Echo. Yeah. Um, he, he is just as wonderful and terrible as he always is. So, uh, I, I do enjoy him in that role, but sounds like Loki season two is our winner though. For sounds like Loki Tom's season two is our winner. Yeah. yeah. Woo, 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 woo. Woo. Well, hopefully, you know, I, I think we will, um, you know, this coming year we've got, like I said, we've limited TV shows and limited movies. Um, we have quite a few comic book movies in 2023. I think we only have like one or two in 2024 so deadpool 3 all you have to do is be good (laughs) (laughs) and you'll win this award for 2024 um but yes not be good hugh jackman ryan reynolds how could it not be good paul you know i just i don't have a well okay let me clarify so it's not just deadpool 3 Apparently, there's also Madam Web, so we know Deadpool 3 is going to win. Um, <laughs> Craven the Hunter, so we know Deadpool 3 is going to win. And Venom know, 3. That, tra- that, tra- that Craven the Hunter trailer looked pretty It good. was pretty solid. And we have Venom 3, which I like the first two Venoms. So Yeah, but we'll for me, for, if you're going to compare, for me, if you compare the first two Venoms to the first two Deadpool movies, Deadpool wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. I'm not saying Venom's bad. I'm just saying it's not in the same league as Deadpool, at least the first two. In yeah. uh, the franchises. But in 2023, we had Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Shazam Fury of the Gods, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, The Flash, Blue Beetle, The Marvels, Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, and any number of DC animated movies uh, that were released, uh, you know, direct to video. So we had, a, we had a, 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 a wide suite of movies to choose from and a wide variety of quality to choose from uh, this year for our favorite comic book movie of 2023. So uh, Wayne, why don't you kick us off? All right. So for my choice, I am immediately caveating it, which is never a good <laughs> sign. The caveat is there are two movies that came out this year that I think I will love, but I haven't seen yet. So I can't vote for them. And that was Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Across the Spider-Verse. So, ah, okay. I, having not seen either of those, either one of them could have ended up getting my vote if I had seen it. Out of the ones I saw, Ant-Man and the Wasp was getting my vote. Because despite all of the hate it got, which could be said about just about all of the movies released this year, I really enjoyed it. I love the characters. I love the play between them. I loved the action we saw. Even though it's the last we'll see of him, I loved Kang in there. I just really enjoyed the movie overall. I don't think it was as good as the first two. But unlike most of the haters out there, I really enjoyed it. Granted, I mean, I, I enjoyed it as well, Wayne. It was it was a good movie. I wouldn't quite go as far to say it was my 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 pick for the year, but it, it was a good movie. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed uh, Quantumania as well. But of the three Ant-Man films, I place it third. Granted, you know, I, but I, I did enjoy it and I enjoyed all of the alien landscapes and I didn't have the issue with the special effects that I know a lot of people did. Uh, I, I thought it was a, it had a really interesting look to it and feel to it. 
Yeah, think about what I it says. I can't believe you haven't the... seen Guardians yet, though. I, that blows my mind. So think about it, what it says about the movies this year, that that was my vote. And I agree that it was the out of the three, it was the weakest. But yeah. the reason I haven't seen Guardians yet, I want to and I'm going to. But I know it's going to be a sad movie with a lot of animal cruelty that's difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's just been one of those years. I wasn't ready for that. I hear you. Yeah, hear it's ya. true. I'm, well, and I'll say that's why it didn't end up being my top choice for movie this year. Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but since I'm already talking, I might as well go next. Um, yeah, do it, Paul. Do it. Do the so, thing. So it's not uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three is a girl is a is a fantastic movie, but you know it did not have it. It, it was a little too dark and a little too serious. Um, I, again, great movie, just. A little dark and serious compared to to the first two, so you know it felt like a different a tonal shift. And I, I think that's probably I, I've, I've whenever I talk about Guardians of the Galaxy three, whether it's comic fans or not, the first thing people point to is yeah that movie's really depressing <laughs> because of the animal stuff. So it, it, that is the thing that sticks with people most from that movie. Um, I will tell you on my sheet of paper, and I changed it so. I had originally put Aquaman two, yeah, just because really? I was thinking of, I was thinking about the movies this year, and I'm like, ah, it's better than the Flash, and I found myself enjoying it more than Guardians because of just Aquaman two is just fun adventure, um, and I was, and I think part of Aquaman two benefited from the recency of seeing it, but regardless, Aquaman two I enjoyed. But then I actually bloated up a list and I'm like, oh, wait, OK, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out this year. That's the clear winner for me. Um, there was, you know, it, it is so balls to the wall, ridiculous love for comic books and, and everything Spider-Man. Um, I, I, you know, I cannot imagine a better Spider-Man movie than Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, no, you know, it it, it is just so well executed and gorgeous to watch. Um, so I, I look forward to hearing your review when you do watch it, Wayne. It is just a fantastic movie. So that one for me was uh, my favorite comic book movie of the year. So um, Andrew. Yeah, for me, it came down to uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse and the Marvels. Uh, I really enjoyed the Marvels. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it's the three characters. Well, two characters I really enjoy and one character that was kind of fun to learn more about. Uh, but at the end of the day, after uh, kind of weighing the two of them side by side, um, I had to go with across the Spider-Verse. Well, part one, part good one. choice. Good choice. Aaron. So. So obviously across the spider verse is the, is the winner in this category, but, uh, I'll share my, uh, my, my, my nomination is, you know, uh, I think will surprise, uh, some people and anybody who's listened to the show knows how I feel about this movie, the flash. I think, uh, I, I really enjoyed the flash and let me point out something of all the superhero movies that I've watched this year, just about all of them are available to stream, in some way, shape or form. And I've got access to them. Yeah. The flash is the one that I've watched multiple times. 
Um, I really enjoy, I enjoyed how they portrayed Barry's powers. I enjoyed, I was deeply surprised at how much I enjoyed, uh, the actor, uh, playing both, both, uh, different versions of, of Barry. Uh, I enjoyed Ezra Miller. Yeah. I I, I just, I almost gave him my, uh, favorite villain of the year, but like we were saying, I don't like to dislike him. Right. But I mean, I mean, you know, Ezra Miller's performance wildly surpassed my expectations. I expected to go in disliking the actor in the role, and I didn't. I liked the actor in the role, despite what a despicable person Ezra Miller may be in real life. Uh, the acting, the portrayal of these two different characters, one of whom becomes a villain, uh, is terrific in in the film. I I enjoy the writing. I thought was good. I thought the directing was good. Um, I enjoyed every part of this movie, and I think it really, really suffers from the fact that the stink is on the Snyderverse uh, because, you know, DC pulls the plug. So everybody decided that these movies were shit. And, yeah, there are some problems with the CG. And I would even say that there are some problems with uh, some of just how time travel was or the the multiversal aspects of it were visualized. I just don't know that I agree with that visual concept. But regardless, that did not limit my enjoyment of the film. And I'm I'm sorry, seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman was terrific. And this was a terrific off the shelf, you know, brand new alternate Supergirl. And I want to see more of her. I mean, I think that that tells you all you need to know about whether or not a movie is good is did it leave you wanting more? You know, and I did. I wanted more. I wanted you know, I know. I know, Wayne, I know your feelings on the matter. I wanted more Snyderverse when I walked out of that movie. Oh. I wanted to see <laughs> more. I wanted to see more of what they had originally planned for Michael Keaton. I certainly wanted to see more Supergirl. Uh, I, I just I really enjoyed the movie. I've, I've got a lot of affection for it. And it, it I, goes right up there in my collection of movies that nobody else seems to appreciate, such as John Carter. <laughs> you know. I well, John Carter would have been on my list as one that uh, nobody appreciates, except I saw it again, and I didn't appreciate it the second time, but still, still appreciate it. Yeah, I, I saw it the not Flash too long ago and still enjoy John Carter quite a yeah. bit. The Flash was way better than I expected. I again, like you're saying, Ezra's performance was really good. I loved their Supergirl, and like a lot of people, the only reason I was even in the theater was Michael Heaton. Yeah, I thought yeah. The Flash was a solid mid-range film. I haven't been motivated to rewatch it though. I did. I didn't I walk interested out of in rewatching it primarily because of the Michael Keaton aspect of the yeah. movie. I enjoyed The yeah. Flash. I mean, we talked about it when when it came out. It, I actually really really liked it um for me i think i'm just disheartened at what's sure. happened over at warner brothers to the dc properties over the last few years um and, well, and the lack of clear direction there and the reason i couldn't give it the vote is i really disliked the beginning and the end and i geeked out and loved the middle yeah but the beginning and the end i didn't care for so that took it down for me yeah, well, maybe the stuff they I, reshot multiple maybe, times. Well, <laughs> maybe I need to rewatch it then, perhaps. Well, and maybe Paul, you're encouraged by you know the the recent uh, news that Paramount may be looking to acquire the Warner properties from uh, Discovery Warner right now. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I mm-hmm. you know, here, let me clarify. 
Para- anybody purchasing Warner Brothers away from Discovery is is positive news to me. That is correct. I, I, I feel like I would have rather it been Universal Studios, though. Mm. I yeah. feel like a Universal has a bit more of a. Don't get me wrong. Paramount has Star Trek. Paramount has Mission Impossible. Paramount has great films. Um, but I, I'm I Universal Pictures feels like it would be a great home to to bring um, DC characters to. And selfishly, if Universal Studios owns DC Comics and DC characters, then, you know, I go to Universal Studios every year. It would be sure great to convert some of that to, to, to have a nice <laughs> DC character park that's not a Six Flags park, um, right. you know, down there. So, so that, I, 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 regardless, I hope something good happens to Warner Brothers because they're, well, we it, could- is, it is not good right now. If, if Paramount does pick up Warner Brothers, which I, I agree would be an improvement over where it currently lives because Discovery understands none of the value of what they have. Um, I, I think it would be great that we could finally get that Star Trek Legion of Superheroes movie that we've all wanted. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll, it'll, be an anim- it, it'll be an animated film, Aaron. A two-part uh, yeah. animated That's movie. Fi- I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. So. But, yeah. So, I mean, we have a – I think – I will say all the films we talked about, I enjoyed. I enjoyed The Flash. I enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. I love Spider-Man. So the, the winner is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Part one. Part one. Now, before we get into our favorite cover, I do want to talk about our favorite hero. I know. Yeah, we accidentally skipped over that one. Um, so favorite hero uh, of the year. You know, obviously, we have our favorite villain that we talked about earlier. Um, so who wants to kick us off with favorite hero? Anyone with really strong opinions? I mean, I don't have I have strong opinions, but it's not one anyone else here is going to pick. So I'll go first. It'll be a nice uh, dark horse uh, to get out of the way before we talk about the eventual winner. Uh, so, you know, I was at my my local comic book store. It really comic book shopping for me has has gone into regression over the last year and a half ish. Uh where, you know, it used to be I could just pull up my iPad, find anything I wanted. doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to worry about going out of print. You could, you know, look at every single title coming out every week. So in my current, uh, you know, era of life, uh, you know, I just wander into the comic book shop every now and then and look across the racks and see what's there. And that's how I stumble across a vicious circle. You know, our, our local uh, comic book store, Distant Planet Comics, uh, the, the, the cashier had mentioned it to me. Well, kind of along the similar vein, one day I was walking through this year and noticed uh, this Scarlet Witch trade paperback uh, that, uh, you know, the first issue came out in January. So I've got some nostalgia for Scarlet Witch, picked it up. And essentially it's Scarlet Witch trying to recreate her her life over again. Uh, You know, it's written by Steve Orlando. Um, It's got got some nice art in it. And basically she set up a bookshop uh, in this tiny little town. Uh, and she's used her magic to create this final door where people who need help and have nowhere else to go will, you know, walk through a door wherever they are. Maybe they're, they're walking from their bedroom into their, their, you know, the hallway. And suddenly, though, they're in this bookshop going through this magical door. And then she's there to help them. So it's very episodic uh, in that structure. And it kind of reminds me of the A-team, right? When, when, no one, when you have no one else to call on, maybe if you can find her, you can, you know, hire the Scarlet Witch to help you out. And I, I really enjoyed her. She's kind of wrestled with some demons throughout the series. She's got, uh, and, and I found her very engaging in this iteration of Scarlet Witch. Uh, so for me, favorite hero of the year, Scarlet Witch. 
You know, Andrew, I picked up the uh, first issue of that, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know why I didn't continue with it. Did you? I, I, you know, soon when I read that first issue, Wayne, and I saw Darcy Lewis show up behind the counter, I was like, oh, I bet Wayne would like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I remember I really enjoyed it. It's just one of those, for some reason, I didn't get the second issue, and then after that, I forgot about it. So I may need to go back and give that another look. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, you know, there's eight issues out, and uh, so it's not like there's a huge backlog. And it's fun. It's not, uh, you know, is it uh, going to change your life? No, but it's it's a fun book, and it's a good, like I say, I think it's a good look at, at Scarlet Witch. For me? Uh, Wayne, yes, yeah. Wayne. How about, how about you? What was your favorite hero, Wayne? For me, this was the year of Superman. It felt like DC was really giving Superman his his due. So much happening with the character. We uh, we've gone back to a bit of a status quo with his uh, identity being secret again, but bringing in the whole Superman family and giving him the you know Superman core now his own so business. To be, clear, to be clear, you're ta- talking about Clark. Yes, I'm talking about Clark. Okay, because we've got a, we've got a couple of Supermen. So okay, that is true. Sure I, we have a sure. whole we have a whole family of them, and uh, <laughs> that might foreshadow another future book I've got on my list. But no, this was definitely the year of Superman for me, and starting with the return of Kal El, going all through the year, he just continues to be the character that I love. The no matter what, he's going to find a way. You know, you put him in a no-win situation, and somehow he's going to win anyway. And that's just something I love about the character. And with all of the grim dark we get in comics these days, a character that just is unapologetically bright through everything is a breath of fresh air. I am going to second Wayne's choice. I think Superman this year... Um, had a banner year. You know, obviously, I already voted for for Lex Luthor. I already voted for for Lois Lane as you know as the supporting characters in this book. But Superman in in his own in in the Superman proper book really have enjoyed kind of this evolution of what of the characters, but also still feels like it's right to the core concept of the character. So I've really enjoyed what Joshua Williamson has done in that book, and even more so than that, I've enjoyed Superman as the super dad to the larger super family uh, that they introduced in action comics. So, you know, we, we've, we've talked about that and that book has been, it's been good. It's been bad, but overall I really like the character of Superman and what they've done there. Um, you know, the, with the war world refugees and all that. So it's, for me, it's been a really banner year for Superman. So that is Superman is my choice. So Aaron, bring us home. Well, um, I had three, uh, heroes that I was, I was, you know, kicking around, uh, that I really feel like, you know, really made their mark this year. Uh, none of which were Clark Kent. Um, I, I will say that, that one of them w- that I was really impressed with, uh, particularly earlier in the year was Hellcat. Uh, Patsy Walker. I enjoyed her book. I enjoyed the books that she guested in. She was terrific in Iron Man. She was terrific in She-Hulk, and she was great in her own uh, limited edition series. Um, but a character that that kind of bumped her out 
uh, a, a really strong consideration was the titular character uh, of Junkyard Joe. Um, really dug the 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 you know sort of decompressed origin that we got of Joe uh, this year, and and very much enjoyed, moved by. Uh, appreciated the whole junkyard Joe character, but my recommendation, and of course, you know, uh, I'm, I'm already outvoted, so that's okay. But at least his dad got the award. My vote is for John Kent, uh, in particular, his appearance in the injustice world and how, you know, he embodied, you know, such goodness and, you know, correct choices and mm-hmm. you know, had the ability to really influence and make change in that world. Uh, I loved that story. I loved his depiction in it. And I got to say, um, I think there's a real distinct line in the John Kent storytelling this year. There is everything that happened prior to the end of that story and everything that happened after. And I feel like the memorable storytelling about John Kent happened prior to the end of that story. Uh, After the end of that story, I'm really having a hard time distinguishing him other than just another member of the super family. Uh, And and I miss that because I enjoyed seeing how unique he was in contrast to his father, both good men, but both very different men. And that's that's what kind of makes me uh, miss that that type of storytelling that we were getting about John Kent. Yeah, he was so good in that book. And now I struggle to tell the difference between him and Connor. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully they uh, hopefully Tom Taylor, because he's really the the guy who does John Kent the best Mm -hmm. um, can can do something with that character in 2024, because I've I've certainly missed John Kent since the end of that story as well. But Superman is our favorite hero. How many times has Superman won this category? I would have to do some research. Um, but a few <laughs> and times. That's not I mean, something had, we're good at. <laughs> I mean, we've had some. I mean, in the 14 years, yeah. You, we, trust me, we will never talk about it on this podcast because we won't ever look it up. Um, you know, but in the years we've had this podcast or this award show, we've had a lot of good Superman stuff. We've had some shit Superman years. The Brian Beckel Bendis years, um, <laughs> as an example, but we've had some great Superman years, you know, with like Pete Tomasi and Dan Jurgens, you know, now the current runs with Joshua Williamson and Philip Kennedy Johnson, um, you know, the, the rebirth stuff, like with Jeff Johns, like Superman's had some some solid years, so so he deserves it. I do remember the years. I think shortly after you guys started, when they did the grounded storyline, you guys love that. Mm-hmm. It's a <laughs> stuff. Yeah, dark times. Dark times. <laughs> the Superman's a horrible husband storyline. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. yeah. Lo- yeah. Lois tells him the issue before what she loves most is flying with him. So the very next thing he decides to do is not fly again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and don't forget he'd been away for a year on New Krypton. Right. And, uh, you know, then the first thing he does when he gets home, I'm going to walk across America. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> Look, I'm going for a pack of smokes. I'll be back sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I need some menthols. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's our favorite category every year. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. <laughs> well, surely, surely, Paul, this year we're going to have a winner. Surely. We never have a winner. No, it's going to happen this year. Uh, I, 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 
foreshadowing, we don't have a winner this year. <laughs> <laughs> but we have four excellent favorite covers to talk about. So I guess I'll go ahead and kick us off. My favorite cover of 2023 was the cover of Captain America issue two from J. Michael Straczynski and Jesus Saiz. Um, it, it's a very basic cover. It's a cityscape. And in front of it, you see Captain America jumping and Spider-Man web, web slinging. And for me, it is just, it's just an iconic image. It looks like comic books. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it looks like the comics that I read as a kid, just seeing those two characters, the blue, the red, the white, you know, they have the same colors on their costumes. Right. Um, and it just it, it just feels like Marvel. Um, and, and Jesus Saiz is the artist on the cover. Um, it's I and you know, it's, I, don't know, I just find it a, a beautiful, iconic cover. Uh, so that that was my choice for yeah, it, favorite cover of the year. It really is a beautiful cover. And I love any time. Captain America and Spider-Man are together. There's just something about those two that mm-hmm. to me resonates when they're in the same book. I also need uh, to get caught up on that book. Just putting that out there. I'm way same, behind. <laughs> same, same here. Uh, for me, I really love the cover to Dr. Strange number one for some of the same reasons of it just, it harkened back to me to older Dr. Strange books. I love seeing all of the weird magic around behind him, but very centered on the character. It felt like a cover I might have seen in the 80s, only updated and modernized. Aaron? So, that was an Alex Ross cover, right? Your Doctor Strange? Who's the, who's the cover artist on that? It's Alex Ross, yeah, and it's a, yeah. it's a very pretty cover. Eh, I my I, I think that it is it is beautifully designed. I hate the the coloring on it, just like I hate all of the current run of Alex Ross uh, colorings. I just there is a a a color palette he's using that I just don't care for. Uh, for instance, you know all of his Immortal Thor, uh, Immortal Hulk, etc. Uh, those covers I just don't like them one little bit. So so while I like the the pencils on it, I cannot abide the uh, coloring on it. Um, I do really like that Captain America cover, Paul. Uh, but my choice is, and I, and I know it's deeply influenced by my love of uh, uh, Monarch Le- uh, Legacy of Monsters, but it is issue two of Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, where we see Godzilla, you know, uh, you know, blasting, you know, his uh, his, his nuclear breath you know, into the sky and this very teeny little Superman uh, there at the edge of his mouth. I just, I love that cover. It's by, um, uh, la la la. It is by Drew Johnson and uh, uh, Ramulo Fajardo Jr. And I just, I love that cover. I just, it's simple. It tells you exactly what you're going to get in the book, uh, you know, and it thrills me both as a Godzilla fan. It thrills me as a Superman fan. And I just I love this book. I, I've loved every issue of this this story so far, and each one of the covers is just a ton of fun. But Andrew, what is your selection? Absolutely. So uh, Scarlet Witch number eight. It was a variant cover. It shows uh, Wanda sitting there, kind of prim and proper, while a uh, you know youngish Loki is sprawled uh, at her uh, feet. And I love it. It's by W. Scott Forbes. 
and I just love the kind of the dynamic between their personalities portrayed and their body posture. Um, and I enjoy the use of colors. It's not kind of a bright, shiny uh, palette. It's more muted colors. And, and I, I just uh, am quite taken with it. I also like the way they did uh, for the series, her the title, how they've uh, kind of created the font and the, the coloration going between black and red throughout it. So uh, for me, Scarlet Witch variant cover number eight, F, uh, W. Scott Forbes. Okay, so we have a four-way tie. And if you want to see what these covers look like, check us check out this uh, the post for this episode on uh, iomgeek.com i'll post all four covers there so i know a lot of people are you know thinking that for our holy shit moment this year we're going to call out you know what amazon did to our beloved comiXology app didn't that actually happen didn't that happen in 2022 uh well there is one thing that happened in 2022 but in 2023 they killed our Comixology. Yeah, Comixology's and, dead now. Oh, like, that, yes, good point. Good <laughs> and, point. And flipped us over to Kindle. Um, but I, I don't think that was a real surprise to anybody that that was going to occur. So I really can't call that my holy shit moment this year. My holy shit moment this year happened in the pages of The Punisher uh, by Jason Aaron, in which a ten-year-old Frank Castle lights a man on fire while wearing a Captain America mask. Uh, I, that was my, I, it was part of his, you know, Frank Castle's secret origin story. Uh, I, there is something just so wild and out of this world about, uh, seeing somebody wearing a Captain America mask, doing something justified, uh, to a degree, but, uh, also just awful. So that's my, that's my, uh, holy shit moment this year. That was Wait. a good, strong moment. Yeah. Yeah, so I was debating between two. The first one, the one I didn't go with, was in Adventures of Superman, Jonathan Kent, when he first arrives at the the Injustice world. And you have this whole buildup in the book that he's going to be dealing with, you know, Ultraman and his, you know, his whole trauma of that. And the very first time you see Ultraman, his neck gets snapped. Yeah, that was Superman. a t- terrific bait and switch by DC because they they had they had huge ads, you know, the rematches on, you know, things like that about you know the uh, you know John Kent flying and then the silhouette of uh, Ultraman behind him, you know. Uh, you really thought yep. it was going to be a thing. You thought it was going to be a six issue battle, right? <laughs> but there was one other moment that just barely surpassed it. And that was Lex Luthor getting shivved in prison because of uh, how yeah. visceral that was. That, yeah. I just reading the book, you don't see it coming. And then you flip the page and Lex Luthor is bleeding and dying on the ground. And it just, it elicited me actually saying, holy shit while reading it. So that's my moment. Paul. Uh, sure, I will go next. So for me, um, those are both good moments, and in, in books I'm reading, um, so I, I, I like both of them. For me, I think the holy shit moment of the year was the reintroduction or the the introduction of the Energon universe in this random ass Image Comics title from Robert Kirkman, Void Rivals. They reintroduced 
Um, you know, we didn't even know that image necessarily and Skybound had the Transformers license and they surprised us. Um, you know, they kept it under the radar. It, it leaked like the night before that this Void Rivals book from Robert Kirkman that they were like, you're going to want to read this. <laughs> yeah, and that um, was so huge in the Transformers community. And I'm a big part of that on Reddit. No one knew who got the license. We knew that IDW didn't have it. We knew that Boom didn't have it. But we didn't know where it was going. And nobody had heard anything. Our preview copies of that book had, had those, those pages, pages redacted. redacted. <laughs> so it came out of nowhere. And it was it was very shocking for that community. Yeah. And what they've done with it um, has been just, just fantastic. So for me, that the, the shocking, the shock of this random book that no one was going to read reintroducing the transformers, um, a, a new continuity for the transformers that, you know, that, that was my moment. That was my Holy shit moment of 2023. Andrew. Yeah. So I mentioned this, this book, vicious circle. I, I picked it up on the recommendation of a clerk at the, at the local comic book shop. So I knew nothing about it. I would read no, no blurbs. I'd read no reviews. Uh, I didn't read the back of the book because um, it's kind of an oversized uh, book. And so uh, I had no idea there was anything involved in time traveling. So it starts out in 1960s Louisiana, kind of a story about a guy and his family and, and you know, desegregating South. And then when suddenly it becomes a time traveling story, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I did not see it coming at all because I had not uh, been spoiled or, or, you know, had, had read anything about it. And it, so I was just blown away that uh, that this was going to become a time traveling epic across the ages. So uh, that was my holy shit moment of 2023. Andrew um, trying really hard to make Vicious Circle a thing. Right. Stop trying to make <laughs> that happen. It's only it's only three. It's it's a limited series. It's only three issues. Uh, only two are out right now. A third is not out yet. I don't. I, I would check it out. If there's anything I talk about today that you should check out, this would be the thing. Well, and just because I looked it up while we were talking about it, it is in, it is free for comics, Comicsology Unlimited subscribers. Uh, you so, can't, uh, can't it free. It can't be. Yeah, it's a, it, that, that's the right price. Free 99. Yeah. You got to read it. That's right. All right. So four way tie again for holy shit moment of the year. We didn't we didn't all gang up on uh, on Bezos. <laughs> for, well, for me, much like Aaron alluded to, you know, once they switched Comicsology to essentially being the Kindle app with the Comicsology name on it, you you knew eventually they were yeah, going to completely. Gonna it was going to happen. Yeah. So for me, that yeah. wasn't as as surprising. Yeah, it was an angry moment, but it wasn't a surprise. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, next up, our favorite limited series or original graphic novel. Um, I think I know what Andrews is going to be. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. I'll just go first then. Uh, yeah, if you were going to guess that it was a vicious circle, you'd be correct. It's a little, you know, you got to go out on a limb a little bit since the third uh, installment is not out yet. But the first two, uh, fantastic for all the things I've already said earlier in this this these, this episode. So, and if it's free, if you're already paying for Comicsology uh, Unlimited and it's free, absolutely check it out and see if it's for you because uh, the art's great, the writing's great, uh, and the storyline is interesting. Uh, uh, you, you, yeah, you've sold me. I'm definitely checking it out. So Aaron, I've already clicked it. <laughs> Aaron, how about Sorry. you? You know, I, so this was a tough category 
because there were so many really good limited series this year. There really uh, were. And I feel like you and I will either have one or there's two choices that I feel like it's going to be for us. On so my, I'm, I'm going to count that. I'm not going to share my titles just yet, but let me, let me count down for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different uh, limited series that were in contention for me. Uh, and, and I'm not going to, I won't reveal just in case somebody else has the nomination, but I will say uh, that I think my very favorite limited series this year uh, comes right out of left field. Uh, I don't think anybody would ever expect to to see it. It's not a comic we talked about here on this podcast, but Paul and I talked about it at length over on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, and that is Star Trek Deep Space Nine: The Dog of War. Yes, uh, <laughs> in in which uh, the our, our Deep Space Nine uh, cast uh, endeavors to save a a purebred corgi uh, from being, uh, you know dissected apparently so uh, i i it was just a, a as dark as that sounds it was a ton of fun who was uh, trying to a, dissect a corgi a collector he wanted to uh do things to the corgi oh my and, god and uh, it was purebred yeah. oh my yeah. god yeah <laughs> like sell it's, it's actually a really fun book i i really yeah. genuinely enjoyed it a and we didn't even talk about the fact that it also deals with a lot of borg and dominion war stuff yeah yeah but it was a, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and I like how it depicted our our characters there. Uh, but you know, I there were a ton of other other books, but I'll let Paul jump in here, uh, and then we can talk about what our contenders were. I was torn between two. It, there were a lot of great miniseries this year, uh, or mm-hmm. last year, I should say, like you said, and we talked we did talk about a few of them on this podcast, including the madness, which we talked about mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, that um, was in my list. Yeah, that, that was a, a late a late winner there or a late, you know, really good contender there, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. We had another Silver Surfer Rebirth series that's still, you know, it's still being published. Just a, a lot of good, good one shots, good miniseries, good starts to miniseries, even though they may not be completed yet. Like Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, um, the Alien and Predator books from Marvel Comics, just so many good options. Um, but it ended up being down to two options. And the two options for me were either Junkyard Joe. Or the Punisher, um, yeah. because they were both just brilliant in different ways, right? The Punisher yeah. was just the best interpretation I've ever seen of that character and the best possible way yeah. to wrap up the story of Frank Castle. And Junkyard Joe was just this, you know, almost Steven Spielberg-esque yeah. Jeff Johns book, um, you know, kind of revisiting this this tale of these kids who who get introduced to like this robot who was, you know, in the, in the war in Vietnam. Um, and for me, I ended up going with Junkyard Joe, um, mm-hmm. even though it was it was, it was close. Um, I ended up going with Junkyard Joe just because it was I both series stuck the landing, um, but Junkyard Joe just left me feeling good. <laughs> um, you know, with Junkyard Joe, there were, you know, you I remember us talking about it. We would talk about it and be like. Any moment now, this series is going to get dark. It's going to be sad. Something tragic is going to happen. And it never came. And it just because that series left us in such suspense and such care of the lead characters um, that I, I really grew to a- attach to them. I, and, and Joe, of course, especially. So Junkyard mm-hmm. Joe ended up being uh, my choice for best miniseries of the year. I can I can really support that. Junkyard Joe is on my list. I love that book. 
uh, love the character, love the writing, love the art. I mean, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great choice. Uh, some other things that were on my list were uh, Ultimate Invasion. Uh, I really very much enjoyed uh, returning That's up later. to <laughs> for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, returning to to that universe under a different set of circumstances. Uh, the Ribbon Queen, which is a terrific horror series from uh, AWA, who also produces The Madness. We you know, were talking a lot this time last year about DC Comics Human Target, which finished in 2023. Um, you know, I think it says something about how we feel about how it finished in that it hasn't come up in the conversation much today, if at all. Um, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong is just a blast and a half. Uh, and I'm sure that it will feature heavily in next year's uh, conversation. And then there was another Star Trek book, Star Trek Resurgence, which is uh, the prequel to the new video game. Um, and it was fantastic featuring only, uh, you know, really deep sort of supporting characters from Star Trek television. Didn't have any of our main cast in it. And it is a, just a blast. The point that I want to make is that when I was considering limited series uh, for 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 for, uh, for my selection, I had an overwhelming amount of just super high quality choices. I cannot say that's the case when I come to favorite com- ongoing comic series. Uh, so, I'll talk more Aaron, about that, but I, I I do feel like there's there's a line that's that's happened. And yes, Wayne, go ahead. As if I say, I haven't given mine yet. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were already done. I apologize. No. Well, let's see. So I some very good choices you guys have already thrown out. Junkyard Joe was on my list that I was looking at. It was I think it came in second for me. Uh, my number one that won out is a little bit longer on the side of uh, you know, a limited series. This wasn't a four issue. Uh, I think it was six. And we've talked about the book already. Adventures of Superman, John Kent, mm-hmm. the entire storyline of him in the uh, in Superman, you know, basically the injustice world and seeing that world, that story was so strong and that was a limited series. So I definitely wanted to give it some uh, acknowledgement and credit. That was my choice for favorite limited series. I don't think I recognize that that was a limited series. I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Wayne, but I just I I don't think that ever landed with me that that was a limited series. I just thought that was part of the storyline within uh, the John Kent book. Yeah, no, and it was that's, a separate series. They they yep. like relaunched oh. it as that. Yeah, and that was gotcha. the same thing for me. Junkyard Joe was my number one until I realized it was a limited series. And when I remembered that and saw the uh, that it was limited, that's when it took first for me. Well, good choice, so, Wayne. Good choices so, all around, really. It's a four-way tie. A four-way tie. And now I need to read A Vicious Circle. I will. I promise. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Paul. I'll be interested in your, your thoughts about it. Yeah. I have well, added Aaron, the first I, issue to my library to read as well. Uh, well, and I, I think Aaron made some good points, and I'm looking forward to you know our final category when we get there, favorite ongoing series, I think will be, uh, will be interesting to talk about for sure. But before we get there, our favorite comic book writer of 2023 
Aaron, why don't you go ahead and kick us off on that one? You know, I again a, a lot of a lot of really strong choices here, but I think my uh, my choice is Chris Cantwell. Uh, I've enjoyed the work that he's done over on Marvel. I've enjoyed the work that he's done uh, in the Star Trek books. You know, he wrote the, you know, he led the uh, big Star Trek crossover over at IDW this year. Uh, I, so Chris Cantwell, Chris Cantwell is my guy. He's done some things that I didn't think anybody could do in the Star Trek space. Uh, and uh, I very much, very much enjoyed it. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, so for me, it was someone we mentioned at the very, very beginning of the show. The She-Hulk series uh, continued in 2023, and Rainbow uh, Royale, for how she uh, writes, you know, both She-Hulk and her supporting cast, uh, continues to uh, delight and entertain me. So uh, I'm going to give her, and again, I guess I should didn't really say this earlier, I don't read as many comic books as I used to. Uh, my my scope is very much limited, but so I don't have the breadth of some of my, my co-hosts here. But I'm going to go with uh, Rainbow Rail for uh, She-Hulk. Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We may end up having a four-way tie. Uh, so for me... I went through the all of the various books that I read, and I look for somebody that is on more than one. Because uh, even though I may absolutely love a book, for it to be favorite writer, I want him to be on at least two. And it's a writer that we gave a lot of love to last year. That's Tom Taylor. He did the uh, Superman, Son of, uh, of Kal-El, Adventures of Superman Kal-El. Our Adventure of Superman, John Kent, as well as uh, Nightwing still. Well, Nightwing has kind of fallen off on me lately. The beginning of the year, it was still one of my favorite books. And just he has done so much good work over the, the course of the year. He stumbled at the end with Nightwing, but still... The total amount of work of his that I loved was enough for me to throw a favorite writer to him. I love Tom Taylor. And obviously he would have been he almost was he, last year. We, we we gave him love. I think we've given him love for a few years in a row. But this year he had a couple of things that didn't land with me. Obviously, Nightwing. I, I'm still reading it. Um, I'm not reading Titans, even though I intend to. I am enjoying what's happening in Beast World. Um, but I didn't necessarily care for the way he wrapped up. Um that medieval DC um, Knights of steel Knights of steel. I didn't necessarily care for the ending of that. And I didn't necessarily love everything about the ending of injustice. It was fine, but it didn't, you know, I didn't love that, that final wrap up for the injustice, not injustice um, deceased. So he had a big year. Don't get me wrong. He had a lot of stuff come out, but I started to wonder, maybe Tom Taylor stretched too thin. (laughs) Um, is kind of how I started feeling this year. For me, um, I did a lot of the same thing you did, Wayne. I looked at who, what writer am I reading multiple books from? Um, and the, the for me, it, it ended up being Joshua Williamson, who, who last year I would not have said that because the um, Dark Crisis, I think. Yeah, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths really didn't care for that. Um, but he had... He's he's doing some really great work on the Superman book. He's also writing um, a book that I'm reading regularly that we don't talk about on the podcast, Dark Ride from Image Comics, which is a really fun 
horror book. Um, and a late entry to the year, he wrote, he's writing uh, Duke and introducing G.I. Joe in the uh, Energon universe. And so the first issue of Duke came out on December 27th, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I thought it was a great introduction to that character. I will second that for Duke. And I am not a G.I. Joe fan. I don't know the G.I. Joe characters. I never watched the cartoon growing up, but I love that first issue. Yeah. And I'll say you don't have to. You know, I, if, if anything, I feel like the more you know about G.I. Joe, the more it's going to take away from your enjoyment of the Duke book because you, you come in with these preconceived notions. And this is a new origin and a new Duke. And I just thought it was really well done. Um, so for me, it ended up being Joshua Williamson, I thought. And on top of that, he's also uh, the writer on Green Arrow, which I, I I'm way behind on, but I enjoyed uh, the, the current run on Green Arrow. So Joshua Williamson was my my writer of the year. And yes, we have a four way tie again on, uh, on favorite writer. Let's, uh, let's see if we can break the trend. Let's see if we have a favorite artist. Uh, uh Gary winner. Frank, junkyard Joe. That's he's Ooh, my guy. That's a good I, one. I, I just, I, 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 you know, I looked through all of my, my favorite books this year and I just, boy, you just can't beat Gary Frank in my opinion. So junkyard Joe, Gary Frank. Uh, 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 I will just, I say, I'll just okay. get mine out of the way and second that, Aaron, because uh, I didn't have a strong feeling about any other artist, but mm-hmm. the art on that series was so good. And, and I think it's exactly what you were saying, Wayne. There's a, there's a Spielbergness to it, right? I, there is, there is a, a warmth to the storytelling, not just the visual de- depiction of, of the narrative, but there is a, a, I don't know. It's a storybook like, you know, it is it's almost, you know, mystical. I just loved it. I loved yeah. it. Now, Andrew. Yep. So, uh, you know, it takes a, lot, a wide a breadth of talent to be able to draw everything from dinosaurs to cyberpunk to everything in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lee Bermejo has excellent heart art any given day of the week. So uh, I'm going to have him as my favorite artist of uh, 2023. All right. Well, we we Lee is great in general for sure. Yeah. I um, I was, I had a, a few choices that I was pondering. Um, Daniel Warren Johnson, who is the writer artist of the new Transformers book from Image Comics and Skybound, or Jesus Saiz, who was the artist on that great Punisher book that we've talked about a few times, and is the artist on the the Captain America run from JMS that's currently being published, and they're both stellar artists. But now I have been swayed to, yeah. to vote for Gary Frank. So, uh, I mean, no one does emotion better than Gary Frank on his characters. Um, his superheroes feel like people. Um, and he's just he's, he really has become one of those great, iconic artists. He's he's I think he'll be the artist on Geiger um, for Ghost Machine, which Geiger's fine. I would really love to see Gary Frank in a, in a you know, uh, on a different title, just because Geiger is not my favorite character in that universe. Yeah, I kind of um, feel like I've had enough Geiger. Yeah, I'm ready. To, yeah. I'm ready for. I'm ready for the Brian Hitch, uh, Redcoat book, and I'm ready for everything else coming out from that universe. Yeah. But Geiger is just a character that's. It's not landing with me, but his art is always, always excellent. So Gary Frank for sure. We have a winner finally. Woot, woot. <laughs> <laughs> So event or crossover, uh, I'll kick this one off. Um, 
I, I got to say, I, I started a lot of event and crossover books this year, but I didn't finish a whole lot of them because I just wasn't jazzed except one, which, again, is a, a crossover that we didn't talk about here on this podcast. But Paul and I talked about it over there on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And that is the Klingon Day of Blood in the, in the pages of the various Star Trek books. Uh, it started off with a traditional free comic book day kickoff and land uh, involved all the Star Trek books published by IDW. And, you know, I thought it started really well. And, you know, unusually, um, it, it kind of faltered a little bit in the middle, but then stuck the landing. Uh, which is so hard for these crossover books to do. And I thought Chris Cantwell did a remarkable job shepherding this thing from beginning to end. Uh, so Day of Blood is uh, is uh, my uh, recommendation for event or crossover. And Andrew. Yeah, I, I don't have one. I did not read any event <laughs> books or crossovers. Was, was there not a Vicious Circle crossover that you can recommend? Not that I've found yet. No, uh, <laughs> I'm watching for one, though. If, if I see one, I am definitely going to let you know. So I'm going to pass on this category and pass it along to Wayne, I believe. So I only had two that were really in in the running. Uh, Ultimate Invasion was a incredible event that brought us what I expect to be some really good new books. At least the first book out of that universe I loved. It's amazing. Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man number one is just fantastic. It was was fantastic. I enjoyed it a lot. Very surprising book. Yeah, but for me, there was one event that I just enjoyed more. And part of it is the history for me. Because I am a huge X-Men fan, and I have not enjoyed or read any of the X-Men books during the whole Krakoa era. Fall of X has been so good. I have enjoyed almost everything I've read in it. And I've realized that for me, the best X-Men stories are the ones where they're the underdogs, where everything is stacked against them. You look at it and you think there's no way they can possibly win. And then they somehow come together and pull out the victories. Those are the X-Men crossovers that have always stood out. And this is one of those. They are now back down to at their lowest. And we'll see them fight their way back. So, yeah, Fall of X. Paul? All right. Well, for me, you know, I I actually did read a lot of event books this year. I read, you know, obviously Day of Blood, uh, that Star Trek crossover. Um, You know, because I'm reading Batman, there were a couple of – there were Gotham War – um, there was Night Terrors that I also read. Um, yeah, just a lot of crossovers this year. And I will say, you know, for me, my first instinct was to go with Gang War, which is shocking to me because I really have not cared for the Amazing Spider-Man current run. But Gang War that's currently being published is hitting everything that I want in a Spider-Man book. It is just so so well done excuse me um kingpin and tombstone i'm really loving gang war but we're only halfway through it so it's not done yet we'll see where it's we'll see if it sticks the landing so it did not win um what won for me was ultimate invasion which we've mentioned a few times already on the show ultimate invasion you know launching the new ultimate universe jonathan hickman at his you know his best Frankly, you know, he, he 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 was firing on all cylinders 
for that book. Um, you know, the art by Brian Hitch, I believe it was Brian Hitch. Um, mm-hmm. It was 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 also fantastic. I really this this new universe that they've established. You know, it, there were a lot of questions left at the end of Ultimate Invasion that have kind of started to get fleshed out a bit more in Ultimate Spider-Man number one, which also by Jonathan Hickman, but all, but 2024, so not eligible. But Ultimate Invasion itself and what it what it did, um, I just I thought was fantastic. So Ultimate Invasion was my winner. So we have a three-way tie on this one. Which is, hey, the fact that we actually had crossover books or event books that uh, that we liked this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's positive. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There were so, final for, two categories, big, big, big categories. For me, best new series. That's our next one, right? Yes. Um, I, it really is not a contest for me. I mean, of all the of all the new series that that I enjoyed this year, I, I think my favorite, the one that I'm most excited about, uh, is Gods by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, I I just have really enjoyed how just balls out crazy that book is, and that it kind of creates a new magic uh, uh, world for us to play in. I, I I'm very much enjoying Gods. Gods is great. I really do love yeah. that book. Yeah. So, uh, Wayne. So I'm going with one that breaks my normal rule, even for a new series. I like there to be more than, you know, more than a handful of issues, at least before I give it. But it's new series. So new series. I can do a few lesser issues. The one book that I will read immediately the moment it comes out. To the point of uh, I will buy it and then I will open it up and read it on the browser without even going to the iPad is Transformers. Yes, that's my vote, too. Just just putting it out there. (laughs) This book is so good. The writing is incredible. They're doing new things with the characters. They've updated it, but they're keeping everything nostalgia for it. The storytelling is vicious. You get. Optimus Prime doing wrestling moves on some of the Decepticons. So it does not shy away from the fun, despite having characters have their heads blasted off or Starscream squishing humans in his hands. It just every time an issue comes out, I have to read it immediately. And one of the most amazing scenes out of all of the issues won't get to talk about until 2020. 2024 optimus prime with megatron's arm and cannon so good yeah it was for me like like you Aaron. it wasn't even a contest that Mm -hmm. was easily my favorite new series and the book just makes me so happy same here honestly it is uh and so wade's the big transformers guy i'm the big gi joe guy but i can't imagine a better launch um of a series than Transformers. And I loved or for the Transformers than what they did. Cause I, I actually really liked the Transformers um, books when they launched years ago under IDW, like years ago, um, you know, and, and kind of the, the mult and even before then, I think it was, there was um, another company. Like I, I follow, I always follow Transformers at the start and then it gets to like issue a hundred and I'm like, okay, too much. Um, but this one just it launched so strong and Daniel Warren Johnson on writing and art is 
it's so cinematic. It's action packed. It's exciting. It is just, yeah. My favorite new series, same as you, Wayne transformers. And I think he's doing a brilliant thing by keeping the characters small. That there's yeah. not a lot of them. There's only a few that were able to be revived. So you get more character out of the ones that are there. They don't get lost in a crowd. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's playing it very smart. So, Andrew? Yeah, so I think there's really only one ongoing series that I'm currently reading. Uh, you know, uh, She-Hulk. Well, our favorite new series, but it had to start in 2023 if you have one. Yes, yeah, I, that's a good point. There's only one series I started in 2023 that's still going. How about that? Um, and that would certainly be, I think, Scarlet Witch. Started in January. It's got eight issues out. I'm a little worried because the ninth issue has not come out yet. Uh, it's supposed to, but I have not seen it. So I'm a little worried about that. But I'm going to go with Scarlet Witch. Uh, I, I spoke about it a lot earlier when I, I mentioned my favorite her- hero. But, uh, you know, it's... Very entertaining. It's got lots of great cameos. You know, you see people like Quicksilver, uh, Viv Vision, Polaris, uh, Agnetha Harkness, who I always love, show up in it. Um, it falls a lot with kind of her backstory and kind of trying to make her a little more normal, a little more uh, sane. So, uh, and I like seeing her help people. I like, like seeing that that as the kind of the the gist of her current career, not going out trying to defeat world threatening villains or threats from across the cosmos just kind of helping the average person who or sometimes a little above average person who needs some help so uh scarlet witch for me as favorite new series of 2023 all right but our winner is transformers yes it is which i need to read so i read i read the cobra commander which i enjoy it i need to go back i have not read the cobra commander yet because i I enjoyed it you know we got a we got preview of cobra commander preview copy but i think it actually comes out next week i I, I do want to read it i need to get duke and uh duke and transformers are the two main titles to read in the energon universe is that right yeah Yeah. is it worth going back and reading void rivals no Um, yeah it's it's okay it's not yeah. bad. It's just okay. So it, I, it, now, if you are an old school Transformers fan, there's a lot of cameos in it. Yeah. From the Transformers universe that are fun, but it's not anything as good as as what we're reading in the Transformers and GI Joe books. In the G, the only GI Joe book is Duke right now. Yeah, that's the only yeah. one that's come out so far. Yeah. So Transformers and Duke. Okay, got it. Yep. All right. So our final category of 2023. What was your favorite ongoing series? So I guess I'll I'll kick us off here, and it would probably come as no surprise, given some of my previous choices, to say Superman um, is actually. Now let me let me clarify here. I've already started. I've already said it. It's Superman. <laughs> but to Aaron's point earlier, ongoing series was a bit more of a struggle than new mm-hmm. series or mini series. Or anything like that, because there aren't a lot of ongoing series that I'm reading. I'm reading the Star Trek books, but I'm behind on them and they're, you know, they're inconsistent. Um, Well, and because of the way we we publish comics now, Paul, you know, we renumber so frequently. And so, you know, are is everything we're reading a limited series now? (laughs) I mean, that's kind of of feels that way, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I had a similar issue because they renumbered yeah. that that what would probably be my favorite ongoing they relaunched this year so yeah yeah, well, yeah we talked about Captain America as a relaunch uh-huh. and yeah I will say there were only two series I read consistently all year and they were uh-huh. Superman and Batman uh-huh. um because even you know as much as I'm loving Gang War 
I was looking at my Amazing Spider-Man. I started. I stopped reading Amazing Spider-Man at issue 21, and I didn't pick it back up until issue 39 for Gang War. Yeah. Um, you know, Batman yeah. I read consistently, but it wasn't consistently good. I really didn't care for the Gotham War stuff in the middle of the year. Um, but I, but I've really enjoyed the fail-safe storyline and things like that that have occurred, especially over the last six or so months. But yeah, Paul, you're making me consider Gang War because. I hated the Spider-Man story before Gang War and dropped it. I did off. too. But I you've been too, but saying like, you know such what? good everything, things. Everything we liked about that first arc, the first That's five right. or six issues of Spider-Man, was the Tombstone Gang War stuff. All the it, gang level say, stuff. Yeah. And this is 100% just gang level stuff. And it, it's so good, it makes me want to, I don't want to say get caught up. <laughs> but, gang, but Gang War picks up... Um, this isn't my favorite ongoing series, just FYI. But Gang War <laughs> picks up after um, the wedding between uh, Tombstone's daughter and Ro- Robbie Robertson's daughter. Um, and apparently things ha- have bad things happened at that wedding that kicked off the Gang War. It almost makes me want to pick up an issue of Spider-Man that I skipped um, to, to see how it started because I'm enjoying Gang War so much. Now, it does have J- John Romita Jr. art, so... Mm. Your mileage may vary, but it's really well written and it's fun. <laughs> um, but for me, Superman, uh, the actual core Superman title, uh, I have, you know, there were nine issues published in 2023. Um, I've really enjoyed, like, for all the issues, the reasons I said earlier, I've enjoyed the evolution of the characters. Um, for Superman, I've enjoyed uh, seeing, like, Silver Banshee and Livewire, um, especially in the first arc, the art. I really liked um, because it, it kind of called back to Superman, the animated series a bit for me, um, you know, the reintroduction of Parasite and and just I really it's been a fun or Superman book for me. It is when you pick up a Superman book, you know, as if as an, it just, you this is what I would expect a Superman book to, to look like even more so than action comics, as much as I've enjoyed the Superman family and all that. Like you can pick up Superman knowing Superman, Lois, Jimmy, Lex, Perry and 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 pop right in and so that's what i really appreciate about superman from uh from joshua williamson and uh, a number of different artists uh aaron so as paul stated i had that that uh conflict this year about choosing a favorite ongoing series there's a lot of books i'm reading i think most of them you know uh are fairly interpreted as uh limited series uh, but I think one of the the book that I'm the most fond of this year, and I read it mostly collected until I got caught up, uh, but it is Chip Zdarsky's run on Daredevil. Um, I, I, we don't talk about it on the show, but God dang, this is a great book. It is, It really has a strong arc from beginning to end. I love Elektra in the book. Uh, I, I, I love uh, Matt Murdock's Descent into Hell. Uh, it is just fantastic storytelling. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed it, and it, and it is the thing that uh, I think I, I got the most excited about in terms of an ongoing series this year. And who hasn't who hasn't gone? Uh, Wayne, I, I haven't. And okay. mine may be controversial in that I don't have one. Ah! I looked at all oh. I looked at all of the ongoing series that I've read over the year, and Every one of them let me down near the end of the year. Yeah. And all of the ongoing series I'm reading now started near the end of the year. So 
legitimately, I can say 2023 does not have an ongoing series that is my favorite. They have all I, let me down. They have been a disappointment. I, I have to say, I, I, I see how you arrived at that. Um, I, 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 I find that there is a significant la- lag of or absence of enduring quality throughout the year uh, in most of the series I'm reading. It's why I can't push uh, Superman or action comics uh, as my favorite ongoing series, because there was some unevenness in those books. Yeah, um, Superman would have added it, but I feel like for me at the end of the year, it let me down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I had a similar issue. It was tough to pick one. I, you know, I'm reading less comics anyway. I, I, She-Hulk would have been my go-to, except it ended that run ended at issue 15 back in like July or August. Very and disappointed they, in that too. I'm very disappointed that that series ended. Well, they relaunched so with the same mm-hmm. artist. Uh, sorry, with the same writer uh, as the uh-huh. sensational She-Hulk number one in October. Uh, however, that has not made it to my, or maybe it was November, but it has not made it to my Marvel Unlimited app yet, so I haven't read it. Uh, and it's yeah. technically a new series, so that would not qualify as favorite ongoing. So really, the only uh, the only non-new ongoing series that I, I read this year was Amazing Spider-Man, which I've not gotten, being on Unlimited, I've not gotten to Gang War yet. Uh, <laughs> closing in, getting close. It's, I'm up to, it's really good. I'm up to issue 34. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Good. I know. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it, it, those those issues you missed, Paul, missed Paul. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. It, it was uneven. Uh, but you know, I, it's really the only. I, I don't know if I like it enough to say it's my favorite ongoing series. It's my only non-new ongoing series. But is it? I guess by default makes it favorite. But I'm kind of in the same place Wayne is. Uh, I probably would say I don't have one. I think. Yeah, it was a tough year for ongoing series, but it was it a was. great year for, like we said, it was a great year for things that were new yep. and limited yeah. series. I mean, we between the Junkyard Joes and the Transformers and Gods and Scarlet Witch, I mean, so much good stuff on the peripheral. Um, but yeah, kind of a tough for like your your standard going to the comic shop, buying the, the same. There, there wasn't a book, and I will say even Superman, as much as I enjoyed it. That book was not the one that I had that I felt like when I went to the comic shop. Well, when I went to the digital comic shop, <laughs> there wasn't an ongoing series that I felt like I had to read immediately as soon as I bought it. Right. In the same way that I felt about Transformers, in the same way that some of these other miniseries like The Madness gripped me, um, yeah. you know, and and things like that. It, it was all just when Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong comes out. Oh. I, I feel like I have to immediately read it. Same. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and the same thing, Predator versus Wolverine. I loved that miniseries. And that's what I look at. All of the books that I immediately jumped at have been one shots or miniseries. Yeah. 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 Well, like, you know, I my first read this week was Jason Aaron's new action comics book, which, you know, jury's out on that. And then my next the the next read was the Spider-Man Ultimate uh, Ultimate Spider-Man book. Which was I've not read the I've never read the new Jason Aaron action comics. I'm I'm nervous, but I you know I picked you up Ulti- I read Ultimate Spider Man and Ultimate yeah. Spider Man was was so good, so yeah. good. I can't wait to talk about it yeah. um at length. Yep. 
All right. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about the comic books of 2023 and what you what what we got wrong, what we got right. I know that you're going to have a lot to say about Vicious Circle. Give us a shout at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. And if we use your comment on a show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Also hit us up on social media. Let us know what your selections, what your favorites were of the year. IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and X. I think we all have some assigned reading for a Vicious Circle. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's, yeah. it's in the library. I'm ready. I'm, re- I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, just glancing through it, uh, Andrew, this art is amazing. Yeah, yeah, Lee Bermejo's, uh fantastic with it, and and the way they do the color from like the, depending on the era of of the wh- where they are in time and and how the color palette changes uh, from like black and white when they're in the 1960s to the neon look when they're in the far it, it's it's very good it's excellent. Okay. Good. All right, guys. Well, we will uh you know start racking up our uh, our thoughts about 2024 beginning on our very next episode. So very exciting. All right. Well, see you next time. I'm going to go take off the tuxedo. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.